0: As always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Are you still watching? I've got a virtual show for you that pays homage to basically all you've been doing during the pandemic. On Sunday, March 21st, we present Netflix and Drag, an evening of digital drag performances inspired by the hot titles on the streaming platform. $6 gets you admission to the live Zoom premiere can't watch live the show will be available for six dollars on vimeo a portion of the cover will benefit outright action international venmo at michael block talk with your email for show access let's get streaming and as always follow me on instagram at michael block talk on twitter at block talk nyc and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news reviews and interviews You ain't my mother, but Luke, I am your father. It's time to get soapy on the latest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Joining me to chat it out is someone I wish was much, much closer. It's the stunner herself, Aria Close. Hello.
1: Hello, hello, hello.
0: Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for
1: having me. It's been so long.
0: It, it's been It's been a while, but it feels like it was just yesterday because this fucking pandemic is still going on. And we're only
1: on the 57th season of RuPaul's Drag Race Worldwide. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, this will probably be released a day later, but today marks the one year of my last day going out in public and hanging out and going to bars and shit. So it's been it was it's been a little bit of an emotional morning looking at the memories and being like, wow, what fun we used to have. Do you remember life? Do you right? remember people? Like
1: running bottomless, around
0: bottomless brunch one drag show going back to my apartment and getting high to go to another drag show
1: that was not a the reality life.
0: anymore yeah naked I know. And,
1: faces and, running everywhere
0: exactly and 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 closing the bar at 4 a.m uh what's that like do you think any of us will have the stamina to stay up until 4 a.m at a bar
1: i think we're gonna need some industrial coffee or um Illicit substances that nobody should be taking and this is not encouragement for anyone to do such things.
0: You mean Red Bull, right? Of course. Yeah,
1: it gives you wings.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it does, it does. And we will be talking about Red Bull a little later when we talk about someone's wings. But how have you been enjoying Drag Race UK Series 2?
1: Well, as you might know, I've been a bad gay in the terms of this season and I had to binge a few episodes so I could talk about it today. Um, However, I, I mean, I kept up with social media and like saw who was who and whatnot, mm-hmm. but it's kind of that kind of true statement that like, I feel like the audience has been watching a completely different season than the judges. People have gone home. That shouldn't have gotten home. Mm-hmm. People were like just nipped in the butt way too soon. Yeah. I think overall i think it was a very wholesome obviously it's broadcast on the bbc so i think a little bake off kind of motif kind of yeah. sprinkled throughout but um i've really enjoyed it i mean they're talented girls i still need captions cuz i can't understand <laughs> half their accents um but it's been a really good season they're like they're a talented bunch
0: yeah do you sing uk han in the shower i
1: had to basically put it on repeat for hours because it would not get out of my head.
0: It was, it's so good. It's so good. We love Eurovision, but we'll talk about Eurovision at the end of the podcast as a promo plug. Um. Yeah. I've been enjoying this season and I had like some tiny here and there spoilers from that. I had read or heard from people. Um, This was not one of them. This ending is not what I was told. So for me, I was pleasantly surprised and happy. Um, but yeah, this has been a very good season. I, I don't I'm not gonna say I won't say it's better than season one, because I still love that cast a lot more and relate to that cast a lot more. But it's fun. There's something special and unique that the the American season just doesn't have.
1: Yeah, I think they're between, like, a little bit of a contrast between, like, the UK uh, series, I kind of said, it's kind of more wholesome. Like, there was moments of, like, actual sisterhood and, like, yeah. they showed it on camera versus, like, we know those moments of sisterhood are happening in the US version, but they're, like, behind the scenes, hidden behind a, a mannequin in the untucked version. Like, or, they don't want to air it. Right,
0: they wanna, or like, they're, they they're giving us different storylines, like the friendship between Rosé and Denali is it a f- showmance what is this what's going on here no it's not so it's 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 just one of those things where i think american audiences expect one thing out of reality shows and that's what vh1 is trying to give us while here on the bbc they're like you're gonna get a reality show because we do reality shows better than you
1: yeah that's definitely apparent <laughs>
0: So we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm excited to talk about this episode. But before we dive in, we have some drag news of the week. Ooh. Um, this isn't necessarily a spoiler, but it's something to discuss. Scarlett Adams of the newfound Drag Race Down Under cast is facing allegations of doing blackface prior to they're casting on the show. And this is back in 2012. Um, She is being accused of doing blackface, mocking Aboriginal culture. Um, She is being accused by Felicia Fox, who is an Aboriginal drag queen in uh, Australia. The article continues on to show that perhaps Ms. Adams has also done other culturally inappropriate things in her career to the point of it will be addressed at some point on the show interesting so that's out there um i don't know much about Scarlett adams i have not done my research yet on the cast because i'm waiting for the official release date which let's be real is probably tomorrow um <laughs> this isn't Good. Are we possibly looking at a, an edit out again?
1: It's definitely going to be interesting too because I feel like with some of these other casts, I don't know if they are doing kind of like the same vetting process. I'm sure after, you know, a little pie fiasco, things have definitely kind of yeah, intensified for like their vetting, but there's such a long push for us to have like a drag race down under cuz everybody just wants Art Simone on television at some point. Um, And I feel like they just kind of like grabbed a bunch of cast members together. And it's kind of at a a peak moment too, because if you've been kind of paying attention to Australian news, as I'm sure everybody does, you know, just listening to (laughs) all the news from down under, but um, they've kind of had that resurgence of kind of representation for Aboriginal people. And I think it was kind of actually sparked through our uh, push for Black Lives Matter because Australia jumped right in and they were behind us. They had posters that said um, justice for George Floyd. Everything was like on par as like a global movement. And I think that kind of also helped them push for themselves and actually start really fighting for um, rights for everyone.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a global problem. Um, it's a different kind of pandemic, but it's still a pandemic. Um, and yeah, I'm really curious to see how this plays out. If it is in fact going to be addressed on the show, like this article says, because that means the show found out during filming, um, which is very interesting. And as you said, is there a vetting process? There was rumors that there was a queen who was cast that had to, um, remove themselves because they had an injury, is this the person that will replace them? I don't know. But you would think even if you had your alternates ready to go, they would have gone through all the vetting. So even, even if Scarlet is the alternate here, this is, this is going to be an interesting uh, conversation to have, especially knowing what has transpired on season 13 with a certain contestant um, and their behind-the-scenes allegations.
1: Are we going to expand our metaphor to have a, a pie fox edit? Is that what it's going to be?
0: We'll we'll see. Yeah, Fox I mean, pie. well, well, Felicia Fox is the one accusing um, Scarlet Adams, so it'd be oh right, um, yeah. Adams Pie, Adams Pie. <laughs> we'll see. But enough about Down Under. We'll get there eventually. Let's talk about Drag Race UK episode nine. Um, it's crazy how Drag Race UK is almost caught up to uh, the U.S. in episode numbers, and we're at the end. And you in U.S. Has 50,000 contestants still?
1: I mean, I think we're down to about 2,000. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah.
0: But this episode, let's dive in. Gagasaurus Rex Ahura has been sent home with two badges, and Bimini says that badges aren't always protection. Tace has sent a third person home, and she is officially the lip sync assassin of season two. She says that she is the Tasmanian devil and Energizer bunny of drag. If you can't keep up, Get out. She says that Ahura will deck Ellie in the face when she sees her. She has no doubt. This this was gaggery for all of them. They did not expect to see Ahura necessarily be in the bottom or go home.
1: Yeah, I mean definitely a little bit of drama. Obviously as we see, kind of as we have that little recap of them on the couch right at the beginning of the episode. Um, tensions are definitely high. Oh, yeah. I think I think Especially, I mean, looking at the way Lawrence Cheney blew up and kind of, it kind of set the tone for it, really. Like, I think it's what everybody was kind of feeling, too. Again, like we mm-hmm. said, judges might not be looking at the same competition at this point.
0: Absolutely. I mean, Lawrence is doing good, but she doesn't sound good. Um, Lawrence didn't like Ellie's tact and questions Ellie if, if that were her and not a horror. How would she feel? Ellie knows that she can't please everybody and Bimini respects the move as Ellie knew what she was doing but it was cutthroat. And then we get it. Lawrence asks Ellie, was it worth it? Cuz it didn't get her a badge. Ellie says it didn't get her a badge but it got her through to the next week. Eek. That's not the answer that I don't think I think they wanted but that's, facts the inter- facts, America.
1: <laughs> that's the internal monologue that you say in your confessional exactly and you just don't say it directly to the girls faces
0: yeah but again she's 21 she's a baby she's a child she doesn't know what she's doing <laughs> friendships will be hurt badges will be won as Tay says there's only going to be a final three and one of them has to go who will it be oh what an editing tease ha ha
1: ha ha just a little plot twist to, you know, thicken the rue.
0: Listen, I am a reality TV junkie. I follow the edits. I watch the edits. I didn't see this one. They got me. They got me good.
1: They, I mean, I was kind of like half paying attention to the lip sync at the end because like, okay, well, it's, it's clear who's going to win. Obviously, because like a little bit of spoilers too between like everyone posting their team so-and-so sure i was like i did not see one team led i've seen a bunch for all three of the other girls and i was like okay those are top three like no worries mm-hmm. and then the episode still has a shock value like
0: a yeah few days later <laughs> yeah well it's a new day and they walk in in top four size order um because i think Eight, uh, Bimini is like 5'6", and then Ellie is 6'4". Oh, she's tiny. That meme with
1: her standing next to Ellie after the... So funny.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's great. They 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 are both polar opposites of height. <laughs> but Bimini knew she would be in the top four. No one else knew it, but she knew she'd get there. The badges are three for Bimini and Lawrence, one for Tayson, and zero for Ellie. But as Ellie points out, she is the only one who hasn't had to lip-sync yet, which is Actually, a very important point that people forget is Ellie has seen the bottom. She's not lip-synced. The other three have.
1: And technically, at this point, really, between Bimini and Lawrence, they have badges from, like, true... I wouldn't say that... I would call them more true victories. Taste's victory badge is really from the team effort. And she didn't exactly shine in that. So... In terms yeah. of what I would paint as like the top runners, obviously those with three distinct victories I would call. Yeah. but Well, it's,
0: it's, it's one of those things where again, on the American version, we don't do the badges. There's actually discussions about prizes and there's discussions about tops and bottoms and lows and, and highs and all that stuff. That's not how it works here because there is a physical proof on your body of how you're doing. So the badges have a lot more weight in the UK than they would in the US if they played around with that kind of thing.
1: Now, do you think they're like sneaking them money under the table when they come to like the US to do their shows? Because like, I understand like they're not allowed to like get prize money in the UK. So well, like, they kind of have to go with these badges. It's but... an
0: all inclusive trip to Hollywood if they win. So technically they probably have like a per diem or a stipend or something. That's what I would say. And probably have a, a, a contract that has a salary within it. I would assume, but I'm not, I'm not really sure how that would work. I would, I would say, let's ask the Vivian, but I can't stand her. So we can ask whoever wins season two. <laughs> Fucking we'll was robbed. Yes. Lawrence is still unsure of Ellie's decision a day later. And she's quote unquote happy for her. As Tay says, a whore is probably getting dicked down. She don't care anymore. Isn't that what all the queens do after they get eliminated from Drag Race?
1: Immediately. like they, That's they... what actually happens if you watch the untuck the old ones, where they drive off in a van. what do you... We've all seen the videos on a certain website, what happens in those big passenger vans that have no back seats. Come on.
0: Um, I'm unaware of this. Um, Aria, what are you talking about?
1: I mean, my name gets used a lot, so... <laughs>
0: Well, I'm sure people are going to be searching those out. Listeners, if you'd like to send me those links, I'm curious. Tay says she's got to bring the crown home for London, but what about Scotland? Lawrence tells Ellie that she's really good at sending people home, so she should send the rest of them home. (laughs) Little subtle jab there. The alarm sounds, and I'm going to assume that Rue didn't have access to Raven because that face looks old. Also, what the fuck is that orange beanie?
1: What is with all of these disgusting little wigs? I'm going to be banned forever. They're going to find out. I said this and I'll be blacklisted. But these are all like little Amazon Prime now, like delivered in 30 seconds, like stolen off your, your next door neighbor. I don't know what is happening with these little wigs or this, yeah. this, this hat in this episode. Number one, it's like lopsided. I couldn't tell if there was like the the eyebrow tape lifting the face on the one side. Like I saw right. something for a quick edit and I was like, okay, that might have been there, a but there
0: But there was not a lick of makeup on. And I'm not saying Ru has to look gorgeous all the time, but you're on television. This is a choice. And we've seen this version of Ru before. I think RuPaul should be challenged to do her own makeup once in her life.
1: I think we saw it a few episodes or a few seasons back when what's his face stormed off and it was before she got Raven. And there was a few episodes where it was a little dicey.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ruth says that role play can be effective tool in repairing relationships. Well, if that is true, I have a relationship to repair and I will gladly role play. So if you're listening, which I know you're not, let's have repair our relationship. Anyway. Oh, that's not what Rue's talking about. No, no, we're not coming over so daddy can have a word with you. No, no. Rue was talking about the mini challenge where it's a good old fashioned bitch fest with puppets because why? Everybody loves puppets.
1: Everybody loves puppets. Everyone loves putting their hand up somebody else.
0: Exactly. I mean, they will each penetrate the pink hole and pull out a puppet that represents one of their competitors. And they just seem to have a jolly good time doing that.
1: All fingers in. Now, what is like? It kind of like confuses me in a slight way. The puppets come out with the confessional looks on them.
0: Yes, yes, always.
1: And like, do you do they pre-approve these like confessional looks so that they have it oh, for fully. this episode?
0: Oh, fully. They they the, once they pre-approve what you're wearing because they they do their confessionals as the is se- I believe as the season goes on, as we've seen um in this season especially because we've seen version one which is a little further away than version two which is a lot closer and you don't have a producer right there
1: interesting i always thought they would do it at the end once you get kicked off like
0: that was I know older seasons did that, but I believe newer seasons they do have like a little of a rotation. They'll do it sometimes within the season, especially because again, if you look at Taste, she has different color hair in a couple of confessional's on the American version. Um, some confessionals Simone has hair, some she doesn't. So it's it's a rotation. They they have to get some in during the season as well. That
1: is true. I didn't think mm-hmm. about that.
0: Okay, well it's time to pick to pick. Um, puppets out of a hole. Um, have you ever pulled a puppet out of um, a pink hole before?
1: Uh, well, it was one time at band camp and
0: oh okay.
1: I was the hit of the party now um, <laughs> I have not I, I have not even done a puppet show. No and that's, well my Ellie... like a few of my past relationships, but
0: <laughs> oh. Ellie has never fisted before, so she pulls out a taste. She gets taste. Lawrence is a first timer here as well and pulls out Ellie Diamond. Bimini goes over, gets Lawrence Chaney. And taste, last but not least, gets Bimini. Were these pre approved by the producers? Most definitely. They got who they wanted them to get. Absolutely. Once Lawrence got Ellie, you're, you're like, yep, this is exactly who they wanted L- Lawrence to get.
1: Going in for the drama.
0: They have 20 minutes to drag up their puppets and it was kind of a free-for-all getting their supplies. I feel like that's what they do in the UK. When there is stuff to get, they just run after it and they'll knock each other down. Lawrence knows everyone wants to see what she's going to do with her Ellie puppet. She's going to make it light, funny, and stupid like Ellie. Ellie and her puppet taste are up first. She starts off with a running late taste joke. She calls her out for her hokey pokey looks that she makes, but says the ones she brought look great, and I feel like she pretty much nailed the cadence of taste and her high energy. Um, she says she's going to lip sync to the very part, to the very end. Bibbidi doesn't know if Ellie was doing the Welsh accent, if she was Russian, or if she was just rushing. That's funny. What, what did you think of Ellie's performance as Taste? I thought it was
1: pretty funny. I think it, as kind of it was said, like, the personality and the high energy was definitely there. Yeah. Um, it was a cute little look made from one of those like little iron sponges or the, the yeah. copper mesh, whatever. Um, I thought it was kind of funny. And like you can kind of tell that even kind of taste agreed with it, even though she did kind of a little storm off during her confessional, yeah. but she knew it was kind of spot on.
0: Absolutely. Lawrence and her puppet LED are next. Ellie thinks things are going to get personal. So let's see. Puppet Ellie apologizes for being late as Dirty Diamond was making an appearance and the hand is still up her bum. We love fisting jokes. Lawrence asks Ellie if she won the challenge last week and she says no, but she made way for the badge and we see the outline of the badge on her chest. That was a funny, funny uh, little jab. Uh, she didn't get it, so she sent a horror home. Lawrence says that Ellie's wig is fucked up, but there's no fixing that, so she tosses her away. Lawrence's performance, not as good as I thought it was going to be. There was a lot more material she could have gone for.
1: She could. I think kind of like a little bit of that bitterness from the beginning of the episode kind of pulled through. Because like Ellie's wigs have been pretty good. So that last little jab at right. the end didn't really make sense. I think the funniest part about her little performance was definitely the outline of that uh-huh. badge. Because every episode Ellie's like, well, where's my badge? Where's my badge? Where's my badge? <laughs>
0: yeah. Bimini and her puppet Lawrence Chaney arrive with the bagpipes playing behind her. She's dressed up in all pink and her inspiration was a prolapse. Lawrence asks Bimini to be in her pop group so her entice can teach her some choreo. Bimini says, put your fo- fi- first foot forward and Lawrence can't even do that, but she can sit up. And then real Lawrence says, she has struck gold because she's easy to take the piss out of. Bimini was funny. Bimini knows how to be funny. It was a good performance.
1: Bimini has always got the wit. That I look forward to, especially during a comedy challenge. Um, last episode before this one, um, when it comes to comedy, Bimini's got it. Like, yeah. And of course, as we kind of Lawrence set us up, there was a lot of material to work with. Lawrence given a lot of material on this season alone. Yeah. Um, so that pairing it just naturally made sense and obviously when i almost spit out my drink when she said the inspiration was a prolapse because <laughs> watching the episode before I was like oh okay she's just decked out in this color why is why does it look so familiar enough um
0: <laughs> yeah it was good it was it was funny and now we have tasted her puppet bimini Release the beast, Bimini. Bimini has a wonky lash and says her favorite things are Kitty Price, dispensing the patriarchy and veganism. Her looks can't have MSG or don't talk to her. Real Bimini doesn't think she goes on about veganism. Dot, 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 dot. Yes, she does. Taste nailed it all. It just wasn't funny.
1: Yeah, I mean touching on the veganism what was the first thing we heard from bimini's mouth that like the moment she walked like exactly her thing says vegan she's like i'm the most famous vegan in london like she's she was nailed on that point but as we kind of said taste could have done better yeah um again it's like this this wonky lash
0: joke did we have we seen her with a wonky lash
1: i don't think so i feel like if that was something that happened it would probably be like off the main stage like right back in the workroom yeah but again kind of i guess we didn't get that kind of like shade edit that we could have gotten if it was aired in the u.s exactly um, it was probably a very cute moment taste probably walked over and said let me fix this for you babe and just like pushed it back up
0: yeah well the winner of the mini challenge is bimini she's a winner again as she says she's getting bored of saying that bitch you got a major w to earn don't get tired yet or you won't win the crown. So maybe that's an editing tease there too, that she's tired of saying so she won't get to say it. Um, I don't know. Just saying. We'll see. For this week's Maxi Challenge, they'll be paying tribute to iconic British soap operas in the new BBC drag drama Beastenders. They will be playing characters whose paths crossed in the mo- nation's most famous pub, the Queen Dick. Are you familiar with any of the British soaps like EastEnders or any of the like. They're
1: not from any of the the snippets they definitely used for this little kind of biop in a way, but um, there was one time, one of the the, probably the only time I was actually in London and I was in the hotel room at night and I turned on the TV and there was a soap opera on and it was like marathon and through. And I just fell into a deep hole watching it. Cause like each episode was like two hours long too. And I was oh, like, I'm so invested in these characters now. I'm like, how can I just sit here and drink all do, this do alcohol? You, do you remember what show it was? I have no idea. I know it was definitely geared towards like a younger group mm-hmm. of people. Um, but it was definitely a soap opera based on like the edits and just the, the overall like drama.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm not familiar with any of the shows. Um, All I know is like whenever I um, either watch um, clips or things of like Strictly Come Dancing or any of the other fun um, reality shows where they throw on their famous people, there's always a cast member from EastEnders on. And I'm like, how long has this show been on? It's literally (laughs) been on forever. Um, So they must love their soaps in a way that we just don't love them anymore.
1: I mean, I think there's still parts of the U.S. where Days of Our Lives is still running strong in people's hearts. Yeah. So, I think it just depends on the the general audience these days.
0: <laughs> it's true. Well, as the winner of the mini-challenge, Bimini will assign the roles, and Michelle Visage will direct them because she has nothing better to do.
1: I mean, their cast list of, you know, experts in these fields this season is just astonishing. I mean... Right? Michelle is just a master of all
0: trades. (laughs) Okay, so Bimini likes the power, but she feels like she's Daenerys Targaryen before she loses it, so she's on the edge now, so watch out. Um, If you're not of Game of Thrones fan, I won't spoil things.
1: I mean, her name is partially Arya for a reason.
0: (laughs) Scott Slater is the landlady of the Queen Dick and is based on the character Cat Slater um, and short-tempered and dressed in leopard print. And that's obviously Bimini as she's currently wearing leopard print. Thought Bottom is a Christian chain smoker who is a gossip queen and is older and very prudish based on the character Dot Cotton, but she's deep down a horny thought. Karen Bitchell is a bitchy blonde bombshell, big boobs, and even bigger attitude. She's very dramatic and, she, and thinks she's a mega glamorous... She is based on Sharon Mitchell. And finally, we have Phyllis Bitchell, the toughest bitch in town. She is the original gangster of the square, a female version of Phil Mitchell with a rough voice and an even rougher attitude. All over my head, didn't understand these references. Even if I try to do the the homework on it, it's too much to watch. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it.
1: I did a quick Google and all I saw was that Phil Mitchell Basically, look like the butcher version of Lawrence Chaney, and that's kind of hard to do. That is, that, really. <laughs> is, that is
0: hard. That is hard. Um, I did find the, the, the quotes that they did pull uh, about I'm not your mother, um, whatever. Then, okay, I guess it's iconic. I got, I mean, it's one of those you got to be there moments, probably. I don't know. <laughs> Bimini assigns Scat Slater to herself, she gives Lawrence Phyllis, LA Thought Bottom, taste will be Karen. It all worked out but it all comes down to the characters and performance. Tace needs to wear his, Bimini's Tiggle Bitties as she has never worn boobs in her life. This should be very interesting because they will not be an exact color match.
1: And she came out saying, oh, well, that's what foundation's for. Um, No. I mean, you got these little silicone titties and... That stuff's not sticking on there. no. Especially if you're using like in an, any oil based, right? No, it's not gonna stick unless you like. The I think the only way it would have worked is if like she used hairspray to like just create a tacky surface and powder. Powder would ruin even... it.
0: It would ruin those things.
1: It would definitely ruin it. I mean, I think majority of the breastplates that I've seen this season should be thrown out anyway. <laughs> um, but that was it. Was just kind of painful because every time her her head went up. It was just like you saw the collar line.
0: Yeah. And, and it works for camp. It works for comedy. But otherwise, um, are you an owner of a breastplate?
1: I am not. I have, I guess, what I would, I guess it's considered a controversial opinion on them. I think they are um, overdone. Mm -hmm. um I think there are very good ones I'll give a shout out to uh Vanna here because her breastplate is very good um but there's breastplates out there that are just like they don't match your skin tone they create that awkward collar line where you have to wear the big gaudy necklace and that it just it kind of detracts from I think the creative aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're filling out your dress. You're doing your fantasy. Sometimes you got perky nipples, like you're doing your thing. But when I first started drag, one of the first skills I was immediately good at was painting boobs. Why? I don't know. Maybe it was those <laughs> art classes that I have a master's degree in at this point, but the boobs were like the first thing I did. And I, I, Actually, like, had people come up to me, like, "Did you get like breast implants?" And I was <laughs> like, "No, this is legitimately makeup and just makeup. It' a, a push up bra and makeup." that's Yeah, it. And, and I think there's a, there's an extra talent to being able to paint boobs
0: like a Filter.
1: Yeah, and the 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 key though is not every dress is cut the same, so you have to paint your boobs different based on the mm-hmm. cut of the dress. Yeah. Especially when you have those low cut V's, you got to show a little under boob. I mean, mm-hmm. it's they're popping out, and if you're not wearing a bra, gravity pulls them apart. So you got to paint that's accordingly. True.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I could see you in a um, breastplate because you're already like a skinny mini. Like you, you, it would be you'd fall over.
1: I probably would. It'd just be too top heavy. You'd be
0: like, <clears throat> yeah, that's totally what would happen. Ellie knows there is some tension between her and Lawrence and she wants to nip it in the bud. She tells Lawrence that their friendship means a lot to her and the competition. She just wants to do well. Lawrence says that putting everything at putting everyone at a disadvantage didn't need to happen. She then tells us that Ellie has slept on her sofa. They've shared her bed. They are close, but it feels weird. She knows she's being hard on Ellie and that's because she knows her the best out of all the girls. We've seen friendships on the show clearly. Some bonds are tested in, in ways that are harder than others. I don't know what would have happened if Ahura or Taste were in a position where they had to potentially derail the other in, a, in the competition. Would they have fought it out? Would they have been bitter? I don't know. They have a, clearly a different relationship than Ellie and Lawrence do, as we learned very early on in the season. Ellie was the one who went to Lawrence for advice and now they're here together.
1: I think we did get a few little snippets of Taste and Ahura. I mean, we had the Who Wart Best Challenge where they Mm -hmm. immediately jumped together and that was the one that automatically threw your best friend under the bus because one of you was in the top and one of you was in the bottom automatically. Right. And then the lip sync in the last episode, I mean, taste sent Ahura home.
0: Yeah, but we we didn't see any... And drama. argument. No. yeah i think These they would two. handle
1: it very well also yeah. too who knows what's really you know happening in that that little loft they got there
0: that's true that's very true
1: as history books have always told us they were roommates
0: <laughs> ah yeah of course they were totally ellie apologizes her feelings but Lauren says it is what it is and understands why she plays the game it's just nice to see it happen she respects Ellie as a drag queen and drawing she's going to be drawing a line in the sand let's move forward they have a scene together so they start working on their lines and I'm not sure if they actually were working on their lines clearly but we'll find we'll talk about that momentarily taste we get a close-up we get a moment of her in the boobs and she is living but that skin color is a moment. It is a choice. It is. Um, um, she's not going to make it darker because it's funnier. But you're going to see these boobs. These boobs are going to haunt her for the rest of her life. It's. I
1: think it would probably is one of the worst looks of her throughout the entire season. She's been operating at such a high bar. Yeah. That this, while it's not like a huge obviously like downturn, it's just enough of a downturn that it's going to be noticeable against the entire season. Yeah. Um, It like, I like how they kind of framed it as like, Oh, I'm taking a risk. I'm going to do this. Like, no, the only risk that was actually like a good risk was Ginny Lemon becoming sexy. Like that <laughs> right. was a moment and it was cute. It was empowering. It was done and it was pulled off for like the value of it. Slapping on a pair of boobs. Again, I don't like breastplates. So I'm going to be biased in this till I die.
0: That's fair. That's very fair, fair. Well, the alarm sounds. And Lawrence thinks that they're going home again because that's what happened last time when an alarm sounded in the middle of the day. But alas, it's just a video session with Eastender alum, Natalie Cassidy. Are you familiar with Natalie Cassidy?
1: Nope. I had to Google her too. Yeah, me too. Me too.
0: Um, she is here to give a soap acting masterclass. She has played the role of Sonia Fowler on EastEnders since she was 10. Her plot lines have included an underage pregnant teenager, had lesbian love affairs, she's been married, divorced, and had many, many bitch fights. If you were on a soap opera, what plot lines would your character have?
1: Oh, that's a tough question. Um, let's see. Aria in a soap opera. I feel like I would be the mistress, uh-huh. um, definitely like the rich one that like lives in a mansion that has like a few husbands that you know disappeared under mysterious mm-hmm, circumstances, mm-hmm. but yet still you know sleeps with everybody's husbands. It's
0: just and the pool boy, of course, is. and the
1: po- well, <laughs> three pool boys. You oh, gotta have, okay. Got to have three. You got, and then just, they
0: battle each other for your your love and affection.
1: Exactly. You know, they're just gonna skim it out and see. Who gets to use the vacuum?
0: <laughs> I, I'm excited. What, what is what is your soap opera called?
1: Oh. I mean, I, if I'm going to be the star, of it, it's got to be called Close Enough or Close Call.
0: Close That's Call. I like that. Close Call. There you go. Coming to a streaming service near you. Okay. So we are going to start with Vocal exercises. And it starts with them screaming, Ricky! Apparently, this is how the female characters would scream his name on the show. And this is an important plot line, as we will discuss a character that appears in BeastEnders later on. Next, she gives them each an emotion to say with the same line. The line is, Bubbly's in the fridge. Uh, Bimini has to do with Angry, and she looks like um, Schmeagle as she says it. Tace is given terrified, and it's pretty good. She's pretty good at that. Ellie gets horny, and um, yeah, I was slightly horny for Ellie. I'm here for it. I still have a crush on her.
1: It kind of sounded a little whiny, though. It wasn't wasn't like a turn-on horny for me. No, no,
0: it it, it was one of those, oh, you are 21 years old. You probably have been banged like a couple times, and you're about to be banged more times because you're an international superstar, but... Yeah. Listen,
1: honey, it's a it's a whole new drive-through window. So
0: <laughs> that is true. And then Lawrence gets hysterical. It's manic. It's crazy. They all did pretty well. I thought
1: it was a cute little challenge. Obviously, very different from the vocal warm-ups I've seen queens do in some back rooms. <laughs> um, a few of them could be considered horny, but um, <laughs> oh, I think. Overall, I think between Bimini and Lawrence, they kind of had this one. Because again, they kind of got like that actor comedy, and I think that's what soap operas really are
0: all about. Absolutely. Over the top. Natalie tells them to find the light and shade, but don't always make it a shouting match. And I think that was good advice for them um, as they proceeded in this challenge, because you don't... This is camp. This is drag. you got to make it funny. Lawrence is nervous because her character is quite intense, and it will be tough hitting those highs and lows. Bimini thinks the advice was good, and they're going to get going. They're they're ready to film. We get to the filming, and the set is filled with little drag race Easter eggs. Um, I'm sure I didn't catch them all, but they included a stand of bag of chips, um, a tap that said much bitter, a tap that said scaredy tap, um, another tap that said shant beer you stay, which I thought was the weakest one of all, we love a good pun, and we love Drag Race Easter eggs. Did you catch any others? Um,
1: I feel like you named the big ones. I feel like it was more like a shrine to a bag of chips. I think that's what a lot <laughs> yeah. of these props are. Um, yeah, it was just kind of a very campy setup, which is, I expect nothing less from Drag
0: Exactly. Race. Michelle says that this has the potential to be a Drag Race UK classic, so don't fuck it up. We start with Ellie and Bimini, and we are introduced to Mickey! A mannequin who will have a lot of screen time this episode. So again, Mickey is the equivalent to Ricky, so anytime they say Mickey, it's in reference to this Ricky character. Again, I'm not here to do all that research because EastEnders is too long and I don't have time to try to find all the Mickey-Ricky moments. It's time for Lawrence's big entrance and she can't get the door open and I thought that was hilarious. I was like, Yes, this is a set, but come on, folks. The,
1: the door is like cardboard, and also her character should have just like kicked it in.
0: Well, I think she would have broken the set. That would, have, I mean, hilarious. Could you imagine the were...
1: whole wall just comes down?
0: Yes, I could have. Absolutely, <laughs> I could have. Um, when she finally does, she is Butch Queen realness and messes up the name of the place because she calls it the Queen's Dick, and that is a very, very different place. I don't think Queen Elizabeth has a dick, but with all the uh, royal scandal going on right now, could you imagine?
1: I mean, I think that would be a a bigger shock value. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah, than the royal family being racist. Woo!
1: That would definitely give a new meaning to, you know, putting her face on all those pounds.
0: Oh! Tace plays her character accidentally Australian. As they say, she is Australian at heart or she's just getting ready to go for a trip down under for Drag Race. Oh. Next, it's time for Ellie and Lawrence, and Lawrence stays in character as she messes up her lines, which I think was kind of funny. She, she's good on it. She knows, like, dropping character is not going to work for her, so stay as bitch the entire time. And with Lawrence messing up her lines, it's Ellie's turn to mess up. She blames Lawrence because she is being thrown off by her forgetting her lines. As a theater person, that is a real thing. It's totally a thing. I understand it.
1: There's definitely like, obviously there's a give and take obviously with the scene partner and like you, you do have to kind of play off the energy of the other person, but I feel like you should still kind of be ready to go. Right. Even if like, especially if your partner, your scene partner messes up once, then you're like, you change, you adapt and you're like, okay, well they're already fucking up. Let me prepare my part. So like right. once they figure it out, I'm just going to jump right in.
0: And, and, I don't think Ellie is a trained actor. Um, Ellie probably doesn't know how to stay in the moment. And she is probably someone who said, these are the lines. These are the lines that are said before me. I need to stay stick to the script. So it's hard. It, It threw her. I mean, it threw her so much. She couldn't remember Phyllis Bitchell's name.
1: And it's like the, it's, it's the whole premise of the thing. I feel like we kind of got a glimpse of this earlier too, during the rats musical, where she kind of tried to throw Bimini under the bus at this point yeah. too. Um, or well, no, that wasn't rats. No, she was, with, was another, um, she,
0: she was paired with taste. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. drama.
1: Yeah. Um, but she kind of did the same thing at that point too. She was like, well, my partner wasn't there and like didn't help or like my partner fucked up and like that threw me off. I'm like,
0: yeah, it, it-? it was, it was weird to watch them really not, villainize Ellie in this whole episode but make her seem weak Yeah, they made her seem very dependent on other people making her better um, and they also made her reminded us that she again is 21 years old at 21 everything is everyone else's fault it's not your fault ever
1: yeah, at 21, you should just really just kind of be good at drinking.
0: Like Exactly. So you're still 21 then?
1: Uh, yeah, I am, I am fresh <laughs> off the, the teens. I am but a fresh 21.
0: <laughs> so yeah, it was really interesting. And taste notices that Lawrence and Ellie aren't as prepared as her and Bimini are. But this is what Lawrence does. She gets in her head. And we've seen it time and time again. It is the time to film the last scene, and Lawrence is still floundering. Michelle stops them, and she has Lawrence repeat after her. And once again, we are having a Glenn Close but no cigar moment.
1: That was painful
0: watching. Yes, it is. Oh my god! I can do it. I, I, I. Listen, I just sang in a show that I produced. I can act now too.
1: Immediately, it comes to the territory. Do it once; you're a master
0: at it. Exactly. Um, I again. She was so in her head. This is easy to do. Why? How could she not get it?
1: Yeah, I mean, once you kind of allow that inner saboteur, as it's been coined famously on the shows, um, once you get that kind of voice that says like, "Okay, well, no, you're doing it right," but like maybe you just adjust it a little bit, and like what you're adjusting is not actually what you're adjusting. Yeah, you you think you're changing it, but you're not. I mean. That same delusion that was so perfectly shown with Joe Black. Yeah. Um, just you, how many times did they go through that thing? And still,
0: it's true. It is true. I'm fully convinced, though, that they needed to give Joe Black a bad edit. So I feel like Joe did record one version of it properly. And they said, no, we're not putting it in. <laughs> I'm convinced that it has to be there. She's not that dumb. It has to be there.
1: I would hope. I mean, obviously, once it was on stage, it was the right length, but.
0: Michelle notices that Lawrence is in the danger zone. And honestly, I am confused by this entire Lawrence Chaney edit. Is this the show's way of saying, well, guess what? Bimini could be crowned because I've been saying week after week, Lawrence is the winner. This is the Lawrence show. You, this is not the, the the episode where you were going to crown your winner next. Like, this was, like, even Alaska had her um, PayPal $10,000, like, a couple episodes before that moment. This is a little too late in the game to see this from Lawrence.
1: Yeah, it was, it's kind of, like, a weird edit. Like, you would expect by the end of the episode for her to just shine. Like, they kind of, like, paint you down so that they can bring you back up. and like, Right showcase you but they kind of just allowed everybody to teeter down mm-hmm. um except for bimini bimini kind of like saying the surprise. same rise yeah yeah
0: but then, that's the thing. i don't think she rose i think she remained bimini and everyone else was just a little weaker
1: yeah and i, I don't know maybe that's what kind of they thought maybe let's level the playing field for a little shock ending but yeah. who knows
0: yeah, so and we'll get to it very, very shortly because I have, I have some theories, but it's Elimination Day. No one wants to go home because they all want to be in the top three, so it'll come down to the nitty gritty to get to the top three. Yeah, nitty gritty, sure. Um, Bimini finds some letters addressed to them. She immediately knows that it's either going to be letters from someone that they love or a la Survivor um, that they'll be loved one letters or they're getting tickets to see share. To be honest, i take the share tickets. I don't need a letter from my mom. I love her, but mom, you don't need to send me letters while I'm on a reality show. Like I, I'll give you the money when we win.
1: (laughs) I mean, tickets. What would you take? Well, I've already seen Cher. So,
0: oh, lucky you. Okay.
1: I mean it. It it was on her what, like eighty seventh world tour after (laughs) she retired, right? Um,
0: How many Ava songs did she perform? I think she only performed like two or three damn it i only want to see her do abba i only want to see everybody do abba, I love abba. <laughs> but it is letters from their loved ones bimini gets a letter from her mom and asks ellie to read it because her mom is scottish then we see a photo of the two of them and it's really really cute very awe moment bimini's mom tells us that even as a child bimini already wanted to be the princess in play group the whole family bimini is rooting for her to win Bimini says that being a queer child has led to this, and she wants her mom to be proud of her. This is the first time we are seeing emotion out of Bimini, and we're first time seeing a backstory from Bimini, aside from the um, the, the discussion she had with Ginny, but that was more of a Ginny moment.
1: Yeah, I think that one definitely... Was more focused on Ginny, and it was definitely Mm -hmm. Ginny's growth story. But you did kind of get a little glimpse as to what it was for um, Bibini. But right, we we learned, yeah,
0: we, we learned that she is non binary, but it was through the lens of Ginny. This, for me, again, as someone who watches reality TV, this seems a little too late for a winner's edit, especially since the others shared this moment as well. They all got a backstory moment here we haven't been given the Bimini winner's show. We've been given the Lawrence Cheney winner's show. So this felt very, very weird, this whole entire episode for me.
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely a weird edit, as we kind of yeah. said. Like, where is it actually going to lead? We don't know. Is... Are they just kind of like pulling our chain at this point? I or? mean,
0: we have Bimini has already tweeted. She said none of them want a double crowning. So because <laughs> honestly, at this point, I could see that happening. I could totally see it happening. But let's move on. Tace gets a letter from her mom. Bimini reads this one. Uh, Tace was a fairy princess, uh, had a fairy princess dress with a white bow that fell apart as a child. Tace says that her mom let her go with the flow as a child. And now she's on Drag Race and Beautiful. Lawrence gets a letter from her mom, and the photo is literally Lawrence Cheney. Oh my god, so perfect! They look alike. Taste reads the letter, and we learn that Lawrence has always been performing, and her mom made her outfits. And oh, her mom is named Phyllis. How perfect! Finally, Ellie gets one from her mom, and the photo shows that her mom is tit height, tiny, tiny lady. How did that tiny, tiny lady have Ellie Diamond and her twin brother, who is also that size?
1: Twins popping out of that little lady. <laughs> sounds yeah. like a
0: challenge. <laughs> Ellie's mom knew she would be a creative kid, and drag is all, is all what she needed to be creative and, and bring all of her artistic endeavors together. Ellie cries, and I just want her to come cry on my shoulder because I love her so much, and I just want a little Ellie Diamond cuddlebuttle. I think it'll be nice. She she needs someone like me. Anyway, I love the loved one letters on Survivor because it's always been one of those things where you get to see emotion out of the contestants. I sincerely hope this portion of the show is continued in the franchise. It was very sweet. Yes, we see, you know, the video messages and untucked. Put it on the main show. Give them letters. Let this happen. So fingers crossed this happens on more episodes.
1: Yeah, I do kind of like this. Again, I guess I, I call it the BBC edit. I call it the, the niceties. Yeah. Um, bringing in these little wholesome moments of drag race that kind of are like the nicer parts about it. It's yeah. bringing kind of awareness of this art to more people. It's showcasing that underneath this wig and this controversial breastplate, there's actually still a guy or a non-binary person who has a family who has friends who is probably often struggling through something or not always accepted so these little moments of life i think really help kind of reintroduce the human aspect of us as performers and show that we are still kind of like part of everybody else
0: when you are on drag race season 27, <laughs> who do you want to get a letter from?
1: Um, that's a interesting question in a way too, because um, I feel like I would want it from kind of both my parents in a way. Mm. Um, through kind of like acceptance of things, like my mother found out that I did drag and had actually like come to a show and seen me perform. Um, But it was kind of always hidden from my father because he was very kind of Italian, Catholic, military background. So even me coming out was like a risk and Mm -hmm. I didn't know how that would go over. And um, this past Christmas, because we're all stuck in our apartments and our homes, um, I decided to do a little fun campy Christmas card where it was me, boy, uh, surrounded by three versions of my beautiful self, with Aria. And I sent it out to just a very select few people because printing costs are fucking <laughs> absurd. Yeah. Um, I was like, okay, if like you want one, let me know. Well, maybe we'll send them out. I don't know. I did it as a joke and I had one leftover that I saved uh, just for my like personal record. And my mom's like, are you sending out Christmas cards? And I was like, yeah, but I can't really send you guys one because I'm in drag three times on it. And father doesn't know about like what's happening. So she's like, oh, no, no, send it, send it. Whatever, we'll see what happens. And I, I sent it. He was the first one to open it because he goes out and checks the mail. The mailbox is like all the way down the road. They now live in a rural area. And um he was like how did he get this drag queen to be with him in quarantine is this photoshopped and she goes yeah it's photoshopped but that's actually that's your son just four of them and it was kind of like a little heartwarming moment because that was the first time he was exposed to me doing drag and his response was that oh what a nice talent that our son has to be able to paint a face like that and There was no, like, anger. There was no backlash. It was actually, like, a sense of pride in a way. Um, Because he, despite his kind of military background and stuff like that, he did teach art. That's where Mm -hmm. I think a lot of my artistic ability comes from. And it's just another form of art, as we've discussed. It's being able to transform through color, through shape. So...
0: Well, on season 27, I'm excited for the, the letter you're going to get. And put that in your audition tape because Rue will love it. Just eat it up. It's time for the runway. Let's, let, let's, let's get on to this, this runway. Rue walks out looking pretty good. Um, I'm going to comment on this look a little bit. I cannot believe they allowed that one piece of black fabric to not have any shine to it. It was a matte black piece of shit not a single stone in sight
1: rude it was just rude
0: yeah so we have michelle and graham the show for days had been leading up saying they will be joined by the biggest celebrity guest host who is it going to be who's it going to be i had a text chain and my friend uh scout sonner being like who's it going to be and we we're like listing off names i was like what if it's like someone crazy like Ian McKellen or like maybe it's even Kate Bush. Well, who, who is it going to be?
1: It was one other
0: than Mickey. Are you fucking kidding me? They built this up on social media so much. They clearly just couldn't get someone to sit in that chair because of COVID and everything. Fine. I get it. Don't do this. This was stupid. Maybe the Brits enjoyed it a little more than we did because this was, it didn't resonate for us the way it did for them.
1: They love their dry humor and we love a celebrity. So. Yes.
0: Well, I would also like um, the investigative listeners to do me a favor. Who is the voice of Mickey? Um, who did that voiceover? Cause it was kind of funny. I would like to know who it was.
1: It'd be really funny if it was just a voice edited Michelle. I think
0: <laughs> that would be th- right. Like, that would be hilarious. I would, I, I hope it's someone like that. But if anyone can let me know, um, I will Venmo you a dollar. <laughs> I haven't got my stimulus check yet, so I can't do anything more.
1: Get that stimmy.
0: We are going to do things a little backwards. Um, I want to talk about Beast Enders first, and then we'll critique the runway. So let's talk about Beast Enders. It is very British, and the references went way over my head as i don't watch any of these shows. Mickey is here because in lockdown Danny Dyer couldn't play him so they have a piece of wood instead. Danny Dyer currently plays the role of Mick on Eastender so that is where that reference joke came from. Ah. Thought Bottom has a fucking corded phone in her purse. Dead. That was funny. I enjoyed I enjoyed that little gimmick. Um Phyllis Bitchell comes in with power. Scott Slater says she has some nerve coming into her pub, but her pub, here comes Karen to spill the tea. One of her first lines, I'd like to speak to the manager, please. And taste bombs the line.
1: I, I don't fully blame her on this one. I don't know if the UK has... I
0: was just about to say that.
1: ...the same kind of, like problem with karen's i'm sure they have an equivalent problem sure the karen reference i think is definitely uh more american
0: yeah that's fair taste with the white boobs was wild um it was definitely a choice and she's like you know what we're going for it i'm not putting the fucking jewel here you're gonna see my face and you're gonna see the breastplate you're welcome karen is taking over as the new landlady of the queen dick and I oop because we gotta throw in those references.
1: I feel like she missed
0: the actual
1: like moment of it in Tomb. Mm-hmm. Like it was just a little off key. So like it kind of didn't land the way it should. It's
0: have. almost like she didn't have a director to direct her properly.
1: Oh my god, you mean somebody who is a master of all trades wasn't doing her job perfectly?
0: I guess that the 80s synth drum hit is like an Easterners thing, and that's what they do. And it is. It's literally pulled right from EastEnders. So I was like, okay, I got it. I got it. Fine, fine. Bimini scrubbing the floors was way too sexy for the BBC. I'm shocked that that was allowed. That that really was some porn um, work. Tace gets a much wetter parody line. And I really wanted her to do the arm motion too. Like much wetter. She didn't, but she gave a little... Wink to the camera. Um, and I suppose that will have to suffice. For now. I mean, For yeah, now
1: it should have, it should have been a little more.
0: Bigger. She's she's not hitting
1: all these beats. Like I said, it's a shrine to Baga. Why? It really why? is.
0: Scat <laughs> does not like anyone talking about her mother. You ain't my drag mother. Yes, I am. Cue the drums and look to the camera. Look to each other. Look to the, look. Look up. Look to the camera. Funny, camp. It was good. I I, I enjoyed that little bit because, again, I don't think, you know, if it was in the script or if they added that themselves, if they added that themselves, good job. Very, very well done. Phyllis Bitchell hitting on Thought Bottom was weird because I could see Lawrence and Ellie having this same interaction as a fling in the past. So that was a little interesting to watch. Um, but we learned that Thought has been doing the dirty with Mickey. It's all on CCTV. Interesting. And we're going to see that Ellie does well with Wood. And in a number of
1: positions. In a
0: number of positions. She must be very great in bed. Even though I'm sure she's a 21-year-old virgin, obviously, right? Everyone's a virgin. <laughs> of course, everyone. Phyllis has removed Mickey's legs because... Why the fuck not it's a soap opera we're going we're going in Thought bottom has to sachet away forever if she wants Mickey in one piece. Billis Bitchell is a bitch and then Lawrence runs out of breath again and that's always a humorous moment uh, when Lawrence is out of breath because fat people jokes It's
1: but also too like I would run out of breath the way, <laughs> if I was doing what Lawrence Cheney was doing I feel like she came in she struggled with the door but she like immediately went up to like a nine yeah and then just held a nine the entire time like maybe a 10 in little parts but like she didn't dip below that nine it was not at all loud in your face lawrence
0: yeah well how's your head mickey as phyllis holds up the mannequin's head we love our drag race quotes they're coming and coming and coming Thought Bottom loved Mickey. Karen cannot stomach her sleeping with Scat's husband, but wait, he ain't her husband. And then we have the This Ain't My Script bit. And then Scat gets angry and slaps Thought. And then Phyllis slaps Scat. Then Karen slaps Scat again because Scat says she and her mother. Soapy, soapy, soapy comedy. Then the big next reveal Karen ain't even a drag. Wait, she didn't just become a little bit of a drag, she became a total drag. No friends, this is not just a Vinegar Strokes reference. No, 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 no. Her entrance line was a reference to the show, so full circle. We love Vinegar Strokes, don't we? I, I appreciate her.
1: I enjoyed her for the time she was on. I think she had enough time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. She did
0: her time, literally. Yeah. <laughs> Karen kicks them out. They're all good. Show's over. Rue says that this was really good and really funny and made their jobs very difficult and one of the best acting challenges ever. How do you feel about it?
1: I think this is probably one of the worst top four episodes I've ever seen in like the history of Drag Race because it's an acting challenge that nobody exceedingly went above and beyond in. Um, like I said, it was kind of like a one-note thing for everyone um there was moments of comedy but like it kind of just feels like everyone's tired like Mm there have been much better episodes for the top four that have been like a real challenge and like you got to see people shine and some people fall this one just felt like eh, like it's exactly what i would if i was watching a soap opera now i would be like oh okay well i'm not gonna watch that
0: like yeah I, I, I do wonder if, like, it, obviously, we are not the target audience for this challenge. I do wonder how the British audience took it. Um, I'll have to find out next week on my finale recap. But, yeah, it just didn't do much for me.
1: Yeah. there was It's just so kind of lackluster.
0: Yeah. Well, if you're But ready I also, for-
1: I don't blame them entirely. Too. No, I no. Think- I think the writing for some of these acting challenges this season overall, not that great. I mean, yep. the Rats, the Rats musical, funny. Liked it, liked the character diversity. I loved having that entire cast of people. But I feel like it's just very late to have an acting. I
0: film. agree. This is when the makeover challenge would happen or something Something that really challenges them as a drag artist, not a drag actor.
1: Yeah, and I guess uh, covid they can't yeah. do. And I I also that, but... feel
0: like that this was the show being like we capture gold with much better. Um that script was terrible but we got something out of it. I think they were looking for that in this and I don't think they got anything.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to need a couple seasons of UK to figure out how to do unfortunately their formula that they yeah. kind of are applying to the the US series. They can't just kind of mimic the same
0: Absolutely. Actions
1: and get the same results.
0: And it's what's really interesting is this season, a lot of catchphrases and memes and things of that nature aren't coming from challenges. They're coming from the Queens and Confessional. So, what does that say about the show?
1: Yeah, there's no prompt. I feel like we got them from the first season because it was a new thing. Like, yeah there were lines from the scripts that became catchphrases and i feel like they're kind of not allowing the queens to make new ones they're using the old ones like we have references to baga all over the place throughout the entire season um we have the mentions of like vinegar strokes we have other queens lines now being forced on the new queens without allowing these new queens to make their own
0: yeah it's going to be interesting again the thing that is with what that was within a challenge that everyone's quoting uk hun but that's the same thing that happened with the frog destroyers it's going to be the song but they created it themselves so the show's not really helping them out but we'll see we will see are you ready for more british things that went over our head most likely
1: are we talking about these panto dames
0: Yes, we are. Category is Panto Dames, and in honor of the runway, we will be playing Dame or Shame.
1: That's cute. I love that.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. For those unfamiliar with Panto, it is a form of musical comedy stage production designed for family entertainment developed in England and performed throughout the UK. A Panto Dame is a traditional role in British pantomime that is part of the tradition of a female character being played by a male actor in drag, often extremely campy with heavy makeup, big hair and exaggerated physical features. Keep that in mind friends.
1: It's going to be very important. Also think about the Queens from the U S who are basically Panto (laughs) Dames.
0: Yeah. Right. And that's, that's the, that's the, the beauty of what drag and camp is, I, I don't have the patience or time to do like a whole history of drag and, and how it has evolved, but Panto is a huge part of it. Obviously, we don't do Pantomime the way they do. We, we, our theater is, is, children's theater is like children's theater where it, it's not designed for this way. If there's going to be a character in drag, it's not going to be to this extent. We just um, pick be
1: clowns. That's all we get. Yeah. We get creepy clowns and caged animals. That's, exactly. that's our fucked up children's theater.
0: <laughs> exactly. So it's really interesting to see how um, Panto has evolved. And again, when it, because it is a male character or male person uh, doing drag, the camp has evolved to, character, to, to drag artists, kind of like the Nina Wests of the world and the Tina Burners. That's how we, they, we've taken their Panto over here.
1: Yeah, I think we do definitely have traces of it. And I think even in our fucked up circus kind of children's theater, like I feel like our clowns kind of came from the Panto Danes in a way. Yeah. But obviously, you know, because we're a Christian country by trade, we couldn't have crossdressers. That would be immoral.
0: Exactly. Well, let's dive into this runway. We are going to start off with Lawrence Cheney. The sewing machine and wig were by Lawrence Chaney, jewelry by Barry Scotland, dressed by Get Frocked UK and Opium. This really was a runway that Lawrence couldn't mess up because she is a walking panto dame. Um, I think it's unique and in special character with the sewing machine and the bobbins and pins and the measuring tape waist, which I'm sure Patty Pam Pam of Drag Race Holland would like back. <laughs> um, I love the colors. I think the mint and purples played really well with the yellow. Could she have gone bigger and grander? Certainly. But this was an escape for Lawrence because it was the color story. And then we end with the he's behind you on her bum, which was funny and clearly a in the realm of Panto.
1: Yeah, I think, so originally when I watched it, I forgot to put the captions back on. So <laughs> when RuPaul said what the category was, I thought they she said, pastel dames and then Lawrence Cheney came out and was like okay we're doing pastel colors that's cute <laughs> and once the other girls came out it's was like no 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 I have to go back and actually put captions back on um, but I think then I, of course I had to go Google what a panto dame was um, I thought Lawrence's look was very good I think it definitely could have been campier but I think it was a polished version I think it's what mm-hmm. if you took a panto mime drag queen lady, friend, squirrel, I don't know. And you popped her on a drag race stage. That's what I would expect.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yes, we get other campy moments from the girls we'll talk about very soon. But I think this was a very polished look. I would go with the positive review and go with a dame on her.
0: Yeah. So Michelle says she saw her struggling, uh, but the final product was her realizing and having fun. Michelle likes the nod to drag and the workroom in the panto look. Graham thought it was brilliant uh, and called her a proper dame, p- panto dame. McKay because you gotta give the fucking mannequin some lines, says that Lawrence has come to bed uh, min- has come to bed minces, which is cockney rhyming slang, um, so mince pies means eyes. Still went over my head, didn't understand this exchange between Rue and Michelle. I think they were just like, can we get to the final episode, please?
1: We, like, I think we should bring back like old school VH1, like how they used to do music video facts. Right. And every time pop there's up like, video, Pop a video, yeah. Every time there's just an obscure reference that they know not the entire audience is going to get, we just get like a little exactly. thing pop up and say like, this is what this means. And then we just move on. Like the fun fact that like Beyonce could hold a pencil between her butt cheek and her leg during the crazy love music video. Like that's a fun fact. Yeah. Let's pop those in there.
0: Listen, first off, the fact that I remember the little theme song jingle to pop up video is very <laughs> scary. Second off, pop up Drag Race, I am here for it. VH1 World of Wonder, hire me. Let's do some facts. I'll, I'll do. Let, let's do it. Pop up Drag Race. That that's the show we're missing.
1: Didn't I feel like they did this years ago when they started doing like reruns? Of it.
0: I'm trying yeah. to I'm trying to bring it but back. You, I'm, we're, get we're school- hired for a job
1: reinvent it we're going to zhuzh exactly. it up and make it ours
0: no they did because that's when they would they would do the um marathons on logo and that's what they would have those the, the little facts and everything and then that was what they would have on the logo website to watch the season so when i was first watching it um to catch up because i started in season eight um originally i would watch those and i'd get all those facts and that's how i learned about drag race without having to ask people what's going on but I digress. Still want to do that show. Maybe, maybe I'll make a podcast <laughs> version of it. But anyway, I will give this a Dame as well. The audience, 82% Dame, 18% shame.
1: Well deserved.
0: Taste, hair by Paris Hair, look by Fancy Boy London. As she calls herself on Instagram, it's Kinkerbell. <laughs> so Taste went sexy <laughs> and was the least Panto Dame. It's a beautiful blue on her. The hair is fun. I love seeing a little updo on taste. If there was an ounce of red in the look between the blue and the stars, I would have assumed that the runway was USA and she was like the fairy that was going to save us all or lead us to the Capitol building. Um, the wings. Oh, the wings. Well, they just couldn't stay up. And I hear that is a problem for some men out there, but it's a great look. It did not achieve the goal of the challenge
1: no uh definitely a sad kind of outcome from it um because that's what i again before i figured out that it was panto and i was thinking it's pastel then here comes this very vibrant (laughs) blue fairy and i was like that's not pastel um but then the wing started coming off and then i was like let's redo this but i can see where she was coming from that's the other side of it and it seemed like the judges understood this too. You've had this very sexy aesthetic person throughout the entire season. She had like a little campy moment with the breastplate during the acting. And I definitely agree with, I think it was Graham who said it. It was like, when she looked in the mirror, she saw Lawrence. Like that's, it was such a different makeup look for her. Right, right. That, it's understandable how she thinks she succeeded in pulling off the look, but you're paired up with three other girls who pantomime as like their right. So
0: like, that's, what's interesting. Cause I think, I I don't know what their prompt was. I don't know what the word on the sheet that they, they, and they got in their contract was, if it said pantodame, she failed. If she, if the prompt literally said pantomime, I can understand why she went this direction because this is a character you would see in a pantomime. Yeah. It's not a panto dame. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what's upsetting. Yeah.
1: I'm curious about how they give kind of the prompts. I mean, I've talked to some of the girls and like, I can't say that they're always spot on They're, they're No, kind that's, of that's vague... the whole
0: point. They are so vague to throw them off when they get to the runway. And then the, we hear what the category is and like that person didn't do it. It, it, it's meant to make you fuck up on reality TV. It's a reality TV show. We all have to remember that this is real life, but it's also a reality show where you need those moments. So yeah. Cause when I helped with honey Davenport, like I remember seeing all those runways and then being like, that's not what we were told. What, what, what? <laughs> so it, it is the thing. So yes, I will give taste some credit. If the, if the prompt was pantomime, if it was pantodame, she failed it here um michelle was concerned but after a few notes she went for it and went big in her performance she wanted her to be a karen and i want to speak to the manager kind of thing graham was concerned by her pause before yes i am but the result was brilliant and then rue comes in uh, noticing a pattern with the costumes on stage and notice hers does not fit the pattern michelle says that there are fairies in panto blah 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 michelle says that it's not quite panto dame but went out of her comfort zone and she can give her credit for that Graham said that her wings needed more Red Bull. Haha, full circle. Look, look how I bring things full circle on this podcast sometimes. Magical, um, I'm magical. It's really hard because prompt wise she failed. Look wise, Dame, gorgeous.
1: Yeah, I think I think the the makeup was pretty good. Obviously, I like her normal makeup a lot more. Sure. Um, but I think she pulled off. A pantomime not a panto dame but a pantomime and it was cute it was yeah sporty. it was good she just needed like maybe an extra safety pin on those wings so like yeah it onto her back
0: if if Kylie Minogue is the green fairy tastes the blue fairy and I will go to wherever they party because that would be a fun time <laughs> um I, the look I'm gonna go based on look I I know this contradicts other things I've done on the podcast I'm giving to dame.
1: I would say it's a dame, too.
0: I purposely, in well, on my uh, Instagram, said what the category is. Everyone had their chance. They just saw the love, the look. 91% dame, 9% shame. Who cares about the prompts? Next up is Bimini. Look by Ella Lynch, hair by Weekday Wigs. Bimini went baby doll and somehow found fashion in it. Um, the baby pink in yellow with the blonde hair was a great color combination, The bows around the lace up heels were very, very cute. The story here is how she transformed her face with those big red cheeks. This is not Bimini, and yet it is. It's not my favorite, but her performance on the runway truly helped shape this eventual win.
1: Yeah, and I think this season two, we've kind of seen how it's not just a runway look. It's how you perform in that runaway yeah. look it's about how you it's walk. the
0: presentation
1: yeah and the face as you kind of say like it's not bimini but it's bimini at the same time like right. it's very rough makeup and it's I think it hit panto perfectly absolutely Um, because in many of the images that I did my research through it was kind of like men doing makeup for the first yeah. time like yeah. over characterized camp And Bimini got there, and she knew to have a big-ass dress because you're just going to drown in it, and that's the point of it. And the walk is what sold it.
0: Yeah, and she also had It's Behind You on her bum. Judges critique. Michelle says she went all the way for it and took direction well. Her physical comedy was good. She thinks the outfit is fashion adorable and wrongly says she has the he's behind you, but that was Lawrence. Just wanted to point that out. Um, Graham liked the porn actress scrubbing the floor and didn't miss anything. He loved how she went full, total feminine, fru-fru-frill-frill, and then ended up as the bloke. He called it break time on the building site in her her runway. Mickey says she looked gorgeous, to which Bimini said, she'll see him later. Quick wit. Rue asked Bimini to say, you ain't my mother line, so Rue could get her saying, yes, I am. To which I said, okay, maybe this is the winner's edit.
1: Possibly.
0: Oi! great look. I think it's an absolute dame. I
1: would give it a dame.
0: Audience, 91% dame, 9% shame. So everyone's here for it. And finally, we have Miss LED. Look by Utopia Costumes, Nailed by Lunar Nails, Jewels by Dragged Out London. So this was not an Ellie Diamond original for the first time. I think this is grand. I don't care what Graham fucking Norton says. This is fantastic to me. It's over the top. It's big. Could the hoop skirt have been bigger? Could the hair have been bigger? Sure. But it's the characterization that made this look big. It was how she made it larger than life. I really think they were just trying to find a storyline to make us think Ellie could be the one going home.
1: Yeah. I mean, she's also a big girl. Like if right. I put that hoop skirt on, I would be like three times my width.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. And the red, white, and blue are true to Britain, and parodying the royal family right now just seemed right, so good on her. I I like this.
1: I think it was, again, kind of like in a similar route that Lawrence went. It's a very polished version of pantomime. I think the prompt was there. They kind of understood it. And yes, it could have been bigger. It could have been campier, but it was good the way it was. Right. And that makeup
0: is sensational.
1: Yeah. I mean, her makeup has always been spot on throughout the entire season.
0: Rue asks Mickey how the sex scene was, and he says he likes older women. He will be disappointed to find out that Ellie Diamond is only 21 years old. Michelle says her performance was believable, and she was the best actress on stage, she also thinks that her makeup was beautiful. Graham said she made the part her own, but there was a funnier dot Cotton in, in the role and she didn't give that to him. Graham also thought she was going to be more in the Panther Dame. He's not bowled over, but he really likes it. And there was a compliment in there somewhere. I liked it. I would actually say this is my favorite of all of them. I'm giving it a really. Day. This no. is
1: your favorite of all of them. Yes. I wouldn't say it's my favorite. I would definitely still give it a dame. I think out of all of them, I kind of like the the more campiness that Lawrence has. That's I fair. Think That's Lawrence's fair. look was my favorite.
0: Audience, 66% dame, 34% shame.
1: I think they're just looking for the one to downplay. Yes, I feel I like, do think. Yeah.
0: I do think. Oh, I almost made a Re- Davina reference. I miss her. I love her. Sad. Okay, Untucked Junior time. Bimini points out that this was the last runway before the final and everyone did a bang-up job, so it'll be splitting hairs whether they make it into the finale. Tace does not feel good at all. She feels overlooked and doesn't think it's her week and is petrified to lip sync for the fourth time. Bimini said Michelle was surprised by Tace's performance and Tace says that they gave Lawrence and Ellie better critiques than they deserved. Ellie is not happy with that. So she is not throwing Lawrence under the bus, but she's totally throwing Lawrence under the bus just because Lawrence just can't take it either. Lawrence can't take this, gets mad at Ellie for blaming her for all the negative critiques on her. And that's not what she said at all. She's just pointing out that she forgot lines when she wasn't been given her lines by her scene partner. This was all a whole mess between the two of them. And then we are reminded Ellie You forgot Lawrence's character's name. And we are confirmed that that did happen by Bimini and Tace. And again, I think this was a 21-year-old saying, I can do no wrong. And her being told, no, no, you did wrong. Tace doesn't want to do this again. Her body is aching. And Ellie suggests, just walk out like Ginny Lemon. (laughs) Could you imagine? And then we end with, as Bimini says, it's not the first time she topped four people, and it won't be the last. Oop!
1: Just four? Was it four at one time, or was it...
0: We need detail.
1: We need detail.
0: All I'm going to say is, again, if we're trying to, for this last-minute Bimini winners edit, that's another important line. As as I remind everyone, when you say something on a show, it's going to probably be predictable to happen. Like when Cheryl Hole, in her lyrics uh, for Break Up by Bias, says, I'm the number four, three, two, one... She ended up in fourth place. So, just, just things are said, just reminding her. Rue has made some decisions. Congratulations, Bimini bomb, Boulash. That's Rue Peter badge number four. She has overtaken Lawrence Chaney. Lawrence Chaney, you are safe. That leaves Taste and Ellie as the bottom two. Do you agree with those placements?
1: From this episode, yeah. I think Bimini was the strongest because she was kind of herself throughout the entire episode. So I think, in terms of somebody who actually did well, it was mm-hmm. Bimini. everybody else kind of like had a dip, and it's i not...
0: I could have seen a double win with Bimini and Lawrence for this challenge.
1: I think they they needed to give somebody the up to make mm-hmm. next episode a little bit more
0: absolutely of course. And that's why I think that it happened the way it did. Because if you did give it to Lawrence, I think Lawrence wins hands down. Giving it to Bimini, who struggled from the beginning and really succeeded over the seven-month COVID break, it's an interesting storyline. It's it, it's 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 going to be really interesting to see if that is how, if Bimini does, does win, if that is going to be part of the discussion. If they didn't have COVID, I don't think she would have won. You know, Interesting, yeah. I think maybe she would have been out a little sooner because everything that she was bringing pre-COVID was meh.
1: I feel like she was on the rise as like as it kind of went towards the COVID sure. break. Um, but yeah, I think she came back stronger. I mean, a bunch of the girls did come back stronger. They um, sure did. Some came back with different faces, but um, I think it was a good recharge too. Also, I think it's also like a, a moment to refresh because too, if you look at like girls from the US versions who like have gone home and then come back because they replaced a girl who got either like a foot injury or something, right? they kind of come back with like a much calmer resolve. I think when you're placed in that workroom to get like right off the bat, it's high anxiety, high stress. You don't know how to deal with it. But the moment you have time to think about it, you can kind of like, okay, well, now I'm going to go in with a clearer head. I know what the stress level is. I know how to do this. That's why all-stars are always like so much better seasons because right. girls are coming in prepared again.
0: Absolutely. They know
1: how to actually tackle that stress level.
0: The song is Last Thing on My Mind by Steps. And the scream I let out that finally have Steps on Drag Race I have been obsessed with steps since 1998. I am so glad Americans will be talking about this band because they are iconic. And I am so glad to finally have a steps discussion. Are you familiar with the quintet steps? I'm not. And you motherfucker are wearing a goo, goo doll shirt. Wow.
1: I, okay, well, Google Dolls, hands down, favorite band growing up. So, I think I just kind of like played to my strengths. Like a little Jonathan, uh-huh. has it, and just like a little like raspy voice, man. It's fine.
0: I just love Europop and Steps is the is quintessential 90s, 2000s Europop. Um, if you're unfamiliar, Steps just released a new album and one of their singles features Michelle Visage on it. So I'm convinced season three, we're going to get a, cam- uh, a, a, a one of them on uh, the judges panel. Probably Faye, because Faye, again, played the same role as Michelle in Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Oh. So they have, they have a connection there. So I don't know. I'm just excited to, uh, to see steps on the show. Um, but last thing on my mind is, a, is I'll just say it, is a cover of a Rama song. So it's not their original. They have good original songs. But we'll get... This is not that podcast. Ellie has the lyrics down and taste is giving you taste. Ellie goes with those drag beats and honestly, I thought I was watching a Nicole and performance because all of those moves were hers. <laughs> <laughs> the two of them are friendly via Instagram, so I'm, I would not be surprised if Ellie learned some moves from nicole's videos because i love you nicole but you repeat the same things all the time and that's kind of what la was doing she was like i'm giving you every drag account you want giving you a duck walk giving you the vogue arms she gave you a drag performance
1: a little reveal
0: a little reveal of course um Taste was on the ground for a lot of it. Um, But when they both walked to the back of the stage, I was like fully expecting them to like hold hands and like waltz down the stage together. But no, no, no. They both did nothing. They walked to the back of the stage and did nothing. That being said, I thought this was a great lip sync. I thought they both did well.
1: I think it was, I mean, we've had some pretty shitty lip syncs this season. And I think this is definitely a stronger one. Yes. Did I expect the result at the end of it? No.
0: So let's discuss it. Tace, Shantae, you say. Ellie Diamond, Shantae, you stay, also stay. Um, And we learn that she is such an ugly trier. If you clock the back of the runway, Bimini is not impressed with this result and Lawrence is there smiling. You get this idea built. It's going to be a final three. Final three. And not a single bitch went home let's dissect this because we've got a final four and we're going to jump into our burning questions in the history of double Shantae's where does this land?
1: I think this is kind of like a low-lying one. I think, I mean, I
0: I think this is fucking better than fucking candy and Simone. I'm going to say that right now.
1: I think so as well, but I think this, I mean, we've definitely had more powerful,
0: right? And What's interesting is there's been a lot of double shantays where either both or one or someone from the combo gets to the finals. Obviously this one's leading both of them to the finals, but like, I, why did Rue save Ellie? Or is it, why did Rue save Taze?
1: Yeah. It's, it's definitely interesting. Cause like, how is that going to lead into are, th- are we doing like one last challenge or are we just going to do... Are. Oh, we are.
0: Um, I mean...
1: Because
0: we've got the remix as the final challenge. I don't know what the song is. My, my big question also is, will they have enough material to fill another iconic song? Because we all saw what happened last season with Rocket to the Moon. There was no... They, they had nothing to offer that song and it was just underwhelming. I don't want to see that happen again because what we don't have in the US is a great group number song, so we always usually have a better finale song. That's it's the opposite here. They gave us great group numbers with Frock Destroyers and UK Dolls, the um, United Kingdom Dolls. I don't think they're going to be able to top this next challenge.
1: It would be interesting to see if they do something similar to what they do for the finales in the U.S., where they pair them off and they have like a tiered lip sync. Yeah, to see who is actually going to be like the top. It
0: will it'll, it'll, it'll be very interesting. I think it's probably going to be um, one of those all-stars four moments where Rue will get rid of two, and then the final lip sync will be between two people. Um, I also have a theory. Last season, our final three, Bag of Chips, Davina DeCampo, The Vivian. If you got rid of Taste. Bimini Bamboulash, Ellie LA Diamond, Lawrence Cheney. Barry White. Yeah. I think it's a controversial take, but Tace is going into the finale as one of the weakest resumes in franchise history. Being in the bottom four times. Like, there's no way Tace is gonna win.
1: What is she?
0: Could it happen? She like my preseason prediction was she was going to be in the final two. Um, I mean, if
1: the last like set few of the challenges, if they do the all stars for kind of route or they do the the typical season finale that's usually live filmed, um, if it, if it's lip syncing, we know Tase is pretty good at lip syncing. Yeah. So I, could I, she I assassin every... all the way to the top?
0: It's interesting because I, I believe everything is filmed. So we're going to get the finale we got last season from uh, UK. Mm-hmm. So there will be a crowning on that stage. But again, three out of four of the finalists were part of United King Dolls. Ellie is the loner out of it. Um, and we're getting another Rumix challenge. We've seen the the other three do well and Ellie not do well. So I have a feeling she she'll get knocked out first. Um I don't think it's gonna be a three person lip sync. I don't and I think tracker record wise, I think Tace is going to be eliminated if they're gonna re- get rid of two. After nine episodes, who's the winner? Who knows? I
1: I would say I'm team two of them. I would be okay with a Bimini win.
0: Mm-hmm. And I kind of
1: would be okay with a taste swim.
0: Interesting. I, all podcasts all season long have been, it's Lawrence Chaney, Lawrence Chaney, Lawrence Chaney, Lawrence Chaney, Lawrence Chaney. This is the first time where I'm going to question that because we saw Lawrence stumble and we saw Bimini win again. But As we mentioned earlier, the edit of this season has not been Bimini's story. It's been Lawrence's story. Everything we've seen, even even Mirror Talk, Lawrence has been involved with so many people. And we've learned Lawrence's backstory. Yeah, we've learned a little bit about Bimini being non-binary and having that discussion with Ginny, but that was Ginny's plotline. And again, this episode, we learned a little bit about Bimini, but it was through all four of them. They all got a mother talk. If Bimini wins, she would be the first non-binary winner. If Lawrence wins, she'll be the first big girl winner. I think both options are very possible. And I think it's going to be one of the two of them. I could and see I that. Think, I think the fandom wants Bimini to win. I think so I th- too. I think RuPaul wants Lawrence to win.
1: Oh, maybe there's going to be a little controversy amongst the judges.
0: Now... If everybody remembers, I'm not, I'm not doing it this time around because I don't have as much invested with it. But <laughs> last season, when they're like, whose team are you on? I screenshotted all of them on every social media platform. Every time they said, had like the post of Team Davina, Team Baga, Team Vivian. Davina was the fan favorite to win. She didn't win. And people were livid. And though all of those posts... Were deleted minutes after the episode aired. Oh. Right now, I believe Bimini is ahead in all of them as well, with Lawrence pretty far behind. And tastes far behind, and then Ellie is not even in contention. If Rue crowns Lawrence, I think it's worthy. She did very well this season. But the, I don't think the fan base will be happy.
1: Yeah, I kind of... Um... I know I've probably said it like four times now. It, what we're watching is not what the judges are seeing. Not at all. I think the audience has a completely different um, kind of approach at how people have been doing.
0: Yeah, it's 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 been really interesting. And I have to say, like, I, I love Drag Race UK. It's better than season 13 this season, this year. I'm having a better time because I'm relating to the characters more. And again, I would love to see Lawrence win because I think it's finally time for a big girl to win. But if Bimini wins, I think she will be a good representation of the season. Yeah. Where can we find you on social media?
1: You can find me, Arya Close, on every social media platform from Instagram, Facebook, Grubhub, and Venmo, at Arya Close. That's A-R-Y-A-K-L-O-S. And please, do use my name in bed.
0: And if you're a fan of Aria Close, you can check her out on Netflix and Drag coming March 21st. Um, I am very excited for the show. This is a different kind of tribute show than I've been producing so far. And we have a fun lineup of, of talented drag artists who are going to play loving homage or to completely dismantle Netflix titles. And I'm so excited. Um, and if you are a fan of Eurovision, Maybe we have a Eurovision Song Contest Story of Fire Saga. Treat for you in the show. Boop. Aria, it was a pleasure having you on.
1: Thank you for having me. I always do enjoy
0: our talks. The biggest thanks to Aria for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Soundclutter, Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block. And that was Block Talk.